0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm It's time to talk some blues hockey Welcome to the blues NHL podcast hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog fence. Kimball pulling at Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging at Ronick wildly. And the linesman trying to get in between them. The Durkle stolen from Reinhardt. Breaking in. The Hunter. Hunter shooting, Rebound. Recognizer scores! Here comes Shovel Day. He'll be thrown out of the game. Curtis Joseph grabs Shovel Day in the two goals. Serjana Hall looking for 500, he shoots, he scores! Brad Hall, number 500!
1: Oh! Unbelievable save by Jake Allen! Tarasenko, he's in the clear, he scores!
0: And now, here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer.
2: Hello, Blues fans, and welcome to the Monday morning edition of your Blues NHL podcast. I'm your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Let me welcome in my normal Monday compadre, Gary Henson, head coach of the McKendry Bearcat hockey team. What's going on, pal? Good morning. We have a new, uh, a new, a new member amongst our ranks. A familiar face to you, and and really myself too. Even though you see him more than I do every day, because he's uh, on the bench with you, with uh, with your McKendry Bearcat team. Another great hockey aficionado. Brings a lot of. Uh, uh, a, a lot of different takes to the thing, and, and we're going to learn more about this gentleman and, and why I was interested in having him join us on Mondays. Let's welcome in your assistant coach and longtime friend of both of us, Tommy Brown, better known as Butter. Tommy, I got to ask you, are you okay with Butter on the show, or is Tommy Brown, you know, you, you're a professional now? Oh, so, I've been a professional for a while. Well, no, yeah, well, <laughs> I, well I know that, but I mean, like, you know, you're, you're like, we were just talking about, you know, you've been on billboards
3: and shit, so. I think like, what people need to understand is. Tommy Brown is like share in those people. They have one name. Butter. Butter.
4: But I,
2: but interestingly enough, it's not it, it, it's not it's not butter tax planning and resolution specialist. No, true. It's yeah. Tommy Brown. Tax planning and resolution specialist. But we're purpose. not far from butter. But but as far as the crowd here when it comes to hockey, you got to tell me like I saved this for this particular moment. Like how do you want to be affectionately known by now your fans everywhere? On the Blues NHL Podcast.
4: Butter's fine.
2: Butter's fine. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay. But when we talk about the, the, your your interest in the show from a professional standpoint, we'll refer to you as Tommy. How about that?
4: All right. When we when we discuss my business, it's Tommy Brown. And then, and
2: you know, everything that you can do for all the great is. folks out there that might have a little tax problem yeah. <laughs> or just need their taxes done in general <laughs> or need some help with their work. Okay. We'll do uh, that. We'll, yeah. And we'll come to that later. But, uh, uh, but for right now, uh, something about you that's interesting and why I w- wanted you to have on here. I wanted to have you on the show. Not only are you a, a longtime player and coach, much like my friend Gary here and your friend Gary, but you were also a really good hockey official for a very long time. And at one time it talked a little bit about maybe trying to see what you could do with that. So you you, you reffed some some really decent hockey. So you have an understanding sometimes of what's going on. And while you didn't ref at that level, the NHL some of the stuff that's going on is is interesting and I wonder what a guy like you think sometimes when you see things I think a, a guy that's followed hockey for a long time understands what they try to do with penalties sometimes with flow sometimes though they they're doing things and I don't know what they're doing so you know at the end of the game I think most referees if they looked and if there were six power plays for if there were five or six against they would feel like okay but, you know, I think maybe when it's two power plays against six or something, then there was something odd going on there. But for the most part, with you know, with what's going on in the game, my hope is, is that maybe we get a lot of this from our fans, that maybe you can shed some light on maybe what the referees were thinking. And the inevitable statement that comes from me about once a week, why can't they just call what they see versus what they think they saw?
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can, I, and that's the way I kind of watch games all the time anyway is through a referee's perspective first of all um, and I hope that's why Gary has me on the bench a lot uh, but it's <laughs> it's secondly through a coach's eyes I see a game because of the 25 years of referee and through a referee's eyes first and then a player second yeah um, so
2: but now your older brother was a very good referee as well and your Absolutely. older brother actually started the steps to try to move up a little bit how, how, where did he wind up his highest level uh, he, about the same
4: place I did. We, we both re, uh, refereed junior uh, hockey, and
2: yeah, that spot. I it. thought he went to one of the, the East Coast leagues or something. Didn't he do that? Didn't no, he go away and no. do something? Man, I, he, I he went s-
4: to uh, Denmark and refereed international hockey for a little while.
2: Okay, maybe that's what I was yeah. thinking. Then I knew he went and said that. But, yeah, it's an interesting thing. And, and, like I said, you both were very good. And, like, sometimes if we'd be somewhere, we'd see you guys doing bigger games and be like, you know, obviously you got to know what you're doing. They're a little bit different than – referee and 10-year-old hockey so yep. for some of us out there but um well uh we're not going to mess around today at all um we're gonna you know first I'm going to do the uh, shameless plug and then we're going to go right to Jamie Rivers because the, the number one question f- with all our fans is is Jamie pissed and we're going to find out um I sent it out last night only because you know social media is great in a lot of ways in some ways it gets frustrating but you know Team starts out four and zero, and you got guys like me, not necessarily um, questioning if we're going to have a parade down market. I've already, a- I'm already asking the question: Does it go east to west or west to east? Right, because right. we're four and zero. Now we're zero and two in our last two games, and the sky's falling, and we're awful. And and you know, so, <laughs> so I'm I'm curious. You know, is, is Jamie pissed or is Jamie realistic? Is Jamie happy? I I, I can't believe any time we're going to call him on a Monday morning, and he's probably been up till four in the morning reviewing tape. He's going to be extremely happy. But we're going to find that out here in just a minute. But before we do, we want to remind you to check us out at BluesNHLPodcast.com. That's the website. You can find the current show, back episodes. You know, if you want to listen to some of the the back and forth with some of the guests maybe we've had at different times throughout the, uh, throughout the year and a half we've been doing this. Um, happy to have you guys a part of that. You can subscribe to the show through bluesnhlpodcast.com as well. You'll get a notification, and the, the, the show when it's released will be right there on your phone ready for you to listen at your leisure. Uh, check us out on social media platforms all across the, the, the way there. You can find us on Twitter, at STL Blues Podcast. Um, we're also operating the at NHL show Twitter account as well. Uh, our ask there is like our uh, like our Twitter pages. If you see the show shared through there, if you guys would share it as well. Um, you know Our thoughts are, if you're a Blues fan, most of your friends probably are as well. So if you'd share it around in hopes of us reaching more Blues fans, that would be fantastic. Same thing on Facebook. Simply find us at Blues NHL Podcast. Like our Facebook page. Uh, when you see the post, if you'd share it around, that'd be fantastic. Uh, we're now on Instagram, really enjoying that as well. It's a little bit of a different platform for us Uh, not that you can necessarily share the show as much as you can share some pictures and stuff and as Jamie gets uh, a little more entrenched down at the stadium there we're gonna we're gonna see some really cool stuff from him as well Um, happy to have uh, a a lot of the great uh, Facebook pages a part of what we're doing here at uh, at at Blues NHL podcast. St. Louis Blues fans unite is another uh, another great Facebook page out there that uh, that Really gets you guys going with conversation and share some great articles. They've been great to us. We want to encourage you to check that one out. St. Louis Blues fans unite! There's St. Louis Blues fans nation, which is another good one. Obviously, St. Louis Blues hockey memes is uh, is our operated, as everyone knows now, by our friend Dennis Minner, who you'll hear from in a little while with his Minner live from Minner Arena. Uh, another guy that I enjoy hearing uh, his takes, just as a fan, uh, much like Brad Lee, who. You know he's a fan, but yet he does a great job with uh with, with what he does with St. Louis Game Time, and I know everybody's extremely excited as we're going to hear from the girl who's awesome at being awesome. Gary, you want to introduce her because she'll be coming up here soon.
3: That's sure. your favorite. It is. It is my favorite. Um, I enjoy Angela Sharp's commentary. I'm looking forward to what uh, get her take on, um, you know, the upgrades at the arena and. Um, You know, just uh, what the fans are feeling going into this new season.
2: Well, we got a tilt coming up on Wednesday that'll be interesting to see what it's doing down there. Because I'm sure the the home opener was great with the upgrades. But when the Hawks come to town, all bets are off. I love that you called it a tilt. It is a tilt. I know. I like the tilt. I think it's great. I know. I love the tilt. So, uh, But anyway, so those are our uh, social media platforms and our asks of you, um, just as fans, to jump in the discussion. You can agree with us, disagree with us. Let's have some fun with it at the end of the day. That's what this show's about. Special thanks one last time to LineUpMedia.fm, fastest growing podcast company on the planet. Uh, they take your entertainment time very seriously. The numbers tell us if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably listening to about six. Uh, you'll find another one on there you like. A lot of crossover. We got got The Drop, uh, a great show that does a recap of all the Blues games. You'll enjoy that one as well. Uh, The Cardinal show's uh, still flying, even though they didn't make the postseason. Two Birds on a Bat with Benji Molina. Check that one out. And, again, lineupmedia.fm for all your podcast needs. Okay, well, let's quit horsing around here, and let's go to the man himself who can break it down like nobody's business and, again, answer the big question, is he pissed? Jamie Rivers, are you there?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm here, I'm here. I was here earlier, too, when you wanted me to go on early with you. And now <laughs> I had to wait, and I'm a minute past the time I usually go on. So
0: oh, good thing my we're early God. today,
2: Chromes. Well, I, you know what? I'm trying to get you pissed, because it seems like that's what fans want you to be <laughs> after uh, a, a 4-0 start to where we were trying to decide, does the parade go east to west, west-east? But now what we have is an 0-2 uh, uh, road trip down to Florida, and uh, now the sky's falling. So uh, fans want to know how you've taken the beating in Florida. I mean, it's almost like uh, the St. Patrick's Day massacre with the mob. We're gonna have to come up with something for a two-game road trip to Florida to describe it. But uh, but the fans know, and they can they 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 know you've probably watched it about eight times, so you can break it down like no other. So let us know how you're feeling about this little road trip.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Before we get into anything hockey-based about this trip, the the fact that You go on this trip, and it's this part of the season. You've been on the road for a little bit. You're a fresh new team. You get down to Florida. The weather's outstanding. You go into South Florida, and you have a building in Sunrise there that's barely, I don't know, 2,000, 3,000 people. doesn't seem like it's a hockey environment. It's easy to be kind of lulled to sleep. And then you have to go back, put your work boots on, And then play one of the most potent teams in the Eastern Conference offensively. It's a tough trip all around, just mentally. Because we talked about it, we joked about it last week about, you know, bring your suntan oil or your sunscreen so that you don't get a sunburn while you're down there. Well, it is difficult. I played for the Florida Panthers briefly, mind you, but I still, I played there, and it's hard to focus on hockey because. It's really that's not the thing that's at the front of your list or the top of your list, and so for those guys to go down there, uh, it's a tough trip. Um, to me, you know, as we get into more of the hockey specifics of it now, uh, you know, they, the Blues are a team that are, you know, they're pressing in the first period. They're doing a great job. They're out shooting the Lightning. Uh, you know, they have 15 shots on goal in the first period. So, is I guess the attempts were there execution may have been lacking a little bit but i find and and kelly chase made reference to this on on the radio and a couple other people have talked about and i've read it on different media outlets on social media and the blues aren't getting that secondary scoring and never have they needed it more than right now with with steen out with fabry who's going to be gone for the season Uh, You know, Sanford, we don't know what he could have brought to the table. Berglund, his 20 goals. Uh, You know, Kimby and I joke back and forth, but anyway, you slice it, Berglund had 20 goals last year. You know, and I forget the exact number that David Perron had, but I know it was in and around the 20-goal mark. Uh, You know, Alexander Steen's a double-digit goal scorer. He's probably a 20-goal guy. Robbie Fabry's a 20-goal guy. So when you do the math of all those goals put together. That's a lot of goals that aren't in the lineup right now. And I think the blues are feeling the effects of that because the third line and the fourth line, they're just not scoring right now. And for whatever reason, whether there are just too many players that are the same style or they don't have a guy who's a finisher, I'm not sure right now. And I don't even know if Coachio has to try and juggle the lines a little bit to try and create some balance. That's dangerous too because you don't want to pull away from your top line or your only line that might be scoring to try and create balance, and then you end up with no scoring. So the Blues are going to have to focus on putting the puck to the net and, most importantly, put the puck in the net.
2: Well, my question for you is, as, for, as a fan, so I look at this thing and I say, okay, th- they, they go down there and they go 0-2. I, as you mentioned, as it sounds like you're alluding to, I, I'm more – Troubled by the loss to Florida, that almost seemed, and we and I mentioned it here. And not that I'm like some great, you know, you know, predictor of things, but I said, you know, <laughs> the Florida game is seems like a trap game to me, and that's exactly what happened. They went down there, and that one to me felt a little like the lay the egg game. Now the Tampa game, it was it was like you said, it was it wasn't as bad as it may have felt. Like you know, they were there. They lost two one. You know, didn't get any goals until late. And if you could have got got something in there early, who knows? Maybe that changes. But are we seeing now the product of a couple of things that the off season brought us to this point? Like, for instance, two things. And and again, I don't know if they're the the main two for that bottom portion. But it, I think this is you know like this. We had the fan kind of jump on Kimby a little bit about you know almost defending like not wanting Clostin versus Reeves. Well, everybody knows the talent that this kid may have, but the bottom line is when Reeves was coming in you know, on those bottom lines, it wasn't just the fighting. It was the pressure. It was the physicalness. It was the creating scoring chances with his size and speed. And then I hate to say this because I'm sure he's a fine guy, but there's a reason why they initially didn't re-sign up Shaw. And now he's back and playing, and he, was on, he, he wasn't even signed by somebody else. He was on a, a personal try. So – is this a product? A little bit at the end, we can just look at this and say, "Look, we got guys hurt right now, and we're just going to have to get through this." Or is it more complicated than that?
1: No, it really is. We've got we've got guys hurt right now, and at the end of the day, Chrome's. It's not the same team that they had. You know, no matter how you slice it, no matter what you try and replace guys with with similar style players, and you know, you're right, Ryan Reeves, and this is the one thing that gets. Overlooked all the time with Ryan Reeves is the fact that when you play the game under pressure, when you're hurried, when you're hit, when you're finished, when you're thrown around, it's a difficult game for the opposition at that point. And Ryan Reeves did that. He applied pressure to every single guy that was on the ice. And that whole line, actually, the broad deck and Upshaw, and I think that's why they. I think that's why they ventured back into those waters was they thought, well, you know, Scotty Upshall was a part of that line too. And, you know, Scotty is a heck of a, a hustler and a good player, and he's got talent, he's got ability, and he's a good team guy. But n- neither he or Brodziak can possibly be the same player without Reeves. And, once again, it's not saying that Ryan Reeves is like Wayne Gretzky here, that, you know, nobody can play without him. It's a big difference, and and we're not talking about fighting. So if anybody chirps on Twitter about the fighter or the enforcer role, then they're way off in left field right now, and they just want to bitch about something because I'm not talking about fighting. If Ryan Reeves had zero fights last year, he still would be productive. He still would have put the fear into players because it's even scarier now Well, you don't have a guy on your bench that could even look out for you. So never mind the fighting. Rebo doesn't have to fight. He's going to run your head through the end boards, and what are you going to do about it? Absolutely nothing, except the next time you go back to get a puck, you're going to panic again because this freight train's coming after you. And what happens there is these players start to get pounded on, and they feel the effects physically. And then when your top line gets out there against these players that have been pounded on physically, they're not as fast. They're not as able. They're worn down. Maybe they're hurt. Maybe their spirit's broken. Who freaking knows? But it makes a difference. And then your top line or your top scorers get a chance to score goals against guys that you've kind of wore out or beat up throughout the course of the game. Um, So that's my – I guess that's my – I'm going off on a tangent on that right now. Because I, I firmly believe, and you actually said something that makes sense, Cromer.
3: <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, hey, hey! And, Easy there,
1: Rees. Actually, I'm being
0: shocked right now. Well, listen. I wasn't ready for that well, but on a Monday you, morning. Cromer comes didn't in take... with
1: something smart. Well, oh, hang my on. God. Well,
2: Come it's on. only a product of you know how I get on <laughs> social media, how bothered I get, and it's just it's been wearing on me that everybody, the, the whole Reeves thing, everybody looks at it as we got a number one pick and a guy that pro- that dropped in the draft that probably could have been taken first or second overall for a guy that fights and I'm like he does listen he barely fights to be completely honest with you it has nothing to do with that and i promise you if you've ever played the game at all the ice was different when he was on it so anyway i know gary's got something well, for you here let's because i don't want to revel in my smartness too much
1: Oh my God, you should order the ring. That's a championship for you, Cromer.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, do you have a game puck we could give you? Yeah,
1: maybe
2: something.
3: <laughs> kind of like that trophy. Did you see that, by the way, before you say anything, oh, did my. you see the tweet from Kim see, Dally, about Dally Dally Rivers? Wants yeah. to keep
1: going, Gary.
3: Dally, Dally, I know, I going. know. All right, listen, here's my thing, Rivs, and I, I agree with you. The, what, what I would add to that or piggyback to that. Is we talk about heavy shifts, and we mentioned, I mentioned that last week when you and I were talking about the, about heavy sh- or what, how shifts should have value, and we and heavy shifts. Ryan Reeves isn't the only one having heavy shifts last year, but what he does is he sets the tone for the rest of the team to have heavy shifts. And if you, you're you on the bench and you see your fourth-line guy going out there and banging bodies and making it difficult for the other team and getting the puck deep and making the opposing D turn their back, which you know as a defenseman, I guarantee you'll, you'll answer this correctly. If I dump the puck past you and you have to turn your back, you're not comfortable if I'm Ryan Reeves or someone else in a heavy shift mode coming at you, Right.
1: And no, obviously. I mean, I went right. through it for years, and right. it's and it sucks. Right, and it sucks. When you blast your partner right. forwards for not holding the goddamn guy
3: up. And it sucks. So it's not – again, where I know I'm re, I'm rehashing here, but, again, it's not Ryan Reeves' fighting av- ability. It's Ryan Reeves' attitude on the ice. And that's spilled over into the other lines. Even your number one line, even though you're not asking them to be hugely physical – they're a little bit more physical, which helps wear the other team down. Like, And when you see a guy committed to that or you see a line committed to that, it has a, a positive effect on the rest of the team. They invest in that body contact, and they invest in those heavy shifts. So, um, yeah, I'm not so sure that we see that right now with this team.
1: No, you're right. Um, you're bang on, and so is Cromer, which I'm telling you what, you guys, I'm going to – have to pull over the vehicle here because I don't want to drive off the road when both (laughs) of you are right. Come Um, on. (laughs) However, now, (laughs) now part two to that question that Cromer had earlier was he referenced the young guy in draft picks that we got in return and and all this. And I'm going to go back to something I said a long, long time ago, which was you have to be very, very careful with the two P words. Okay. Which is prospect and potential. You have to be very careful with those words because you don't know what the future holds for you when you bring in these players, you don't. And you know you gave away uh, you know, a, a wanted commodity or a valued commodity rather in Ryan Reeves where you knew what you're getting and you brought in something that you weren't sure. So now the future looks bright for these guys that we brought in, it, it looks extremely bright and it was a great trade on paper and it will be a great trade in the future. But I think what we're seeing now is, just like we've mentioned before, is in the now, right now in the present, that trade worked against the Blues. So before people jump all over me and say, well, these guys, I'm saying in the future, this is a great trade for the Blues. In the now, they're feeling the effects of it.
2: Well, you know the the Ryan Reeves effect all the way across the board. I want to bring our uh, another gentleman and you know our other guy in studio here, and this is why you know we asked Butter affection and Tommy Brown, Gary's assistant. G- Tommy, you run the defense for Gary, now you Correct. Which is interesting because you were awfully good forward when you played, but that's fine. But, well, um, I, I did move back to defense
4: in my later years. Oh,
2: okay, your later years. Yeah,
4: it was a little easier. A little, the little easier. <laughs> Don't tell Jamie
2: that now because, you d- remember, the, the, the fans know Jamie as the guy. He have been
4: playing against
0: Ryan Reeves. Yeah. Well, the, the,
2: this was in the uh, non-hitting years. <laughs> and this was also, <laughs> hey, and remember who you have on the line here, the guy that dominated the alumni game oh, at, at Bush Stadium. Don't listen. You gotta get. Listen, I gotta call it like I saw it. The the, the feather pass, the Stasny on the tape know, against the geez. Blackhawks alumni. Okay, so hey, so 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 butter. So Jamie Rivers is on the bench, and and Ryan Reese steps on the ice, and you tap Jamie's line to go out, defensive pairing to go out. What do you say to him as he jumps over the boards? Good luck. Yeah, basically, get, you know, keep your head on a swivel. Get move, move the puck quickly. You know, uh, pray. Yeah. Just three hail Marys and a couple Our Fathers. <laughs> Just uh, don't lose the puck in the corners. But see, that's my point. And that's where I'm well, going with this. So you have to be a, you have to be aware. Oh, go I ahead. Can
1: tell you guys what was said to me when I had to do that role way back in the day.
2: <laughs> oh, well, let's and, hear it.
1: Oh yeah, because trust me, you know, like there's that stuff that what do they call that chum that they throw in the water for sharks and make them go crazy. Okay, so I was basically the chum. The coaches would be like, Rivs, get out there. Hey, let's see if you can draw so-and-so into a dumb penalty out here. And literally they'd throw the sacrificial lamb on the ice to go and run somebody, which was me running one of their players, and let the shark come over and try and eat the chum, which was me. So that's what was said to me. Hey, try not to get killed out there, but let's see if you can go draw a penalty out of, let's say, Probert or something like that.
2: Well, that was. Like, the, are you shitting me? It was like <laughs> the Coliseum. Did you feel like you were at the Coliseum? <laughs>
1: there are many nights, Crumbs, where I touched the ice, and every face I looked at in the crowd wanted blood out of me. And they're cheering, <laughs> and then they throw out their gladiator, and you're <laughs> like, oh, my God. The Roman times are upon us once
2: again. (laughs) How many, uh, but you make reference to this many times on the show. So, how many years were you a teammate of your, I mean, really one of your best friends, Tony Twist? Because you had to feel pretty safe (laughs) those years. And I can only imagine the trouble you caused as the agitator when that guy was on your team.
1: Oh, my God. We were teammates for, I think, five years. (laughs) And, yeah, five years. And it was awesome because I mean I reference it all the time. Like you walked around with I called it diplomatic immunity. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do to me? Yeah, I just I just ran over Steve Eiserman. Yes, I did. And I face washed him. What will you do about it? Nothing, right? <laughs> like nothing. And you walk around like you've got this force field around you, mind you, the force field's really number eighteen, who's standing about three feet behind you.
5: Um, <laughs>
1: And I'll tell you what, like, Twister was so good at it. Like, he would tell younger guys, too, that came up and played on his line and they you know, were kind of nervous and whatnot, he'd tell them, hey, listen, you just run around out there. It's like, and he'd say, hey, you got diplomatic immunity. You run around out there, no one's going to touch you. You get yourself in the game. You can ask Tyson Nash, of all people,
2: yeah.
1: came up. And Nasher, who's a little rat out there, uh, you know, he kind of ran around and he, he was worried because he's not a big guy, and, and, you know, he didn't want to get massacred, and Twister let him know, said, uh, listen, son, you've got a diplomatic community. You run around do whatever you need to do. I'll be right there to clean up the mess. <laughs> was, it's amazing, you know. Your balls go from regular size to the size of church bells in a hurry.
2: Was, was Twister a talker? Like, did he talk a lot of shit out on the ice?
1: Not at all. Really? Which made him 10 times scarier. (laughs) Because, like, Chaser, I know you find it's hard to believe. Chaser was a talker. (laughs) Well, no, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's the joke. Chaser would yip at everybody. He was like... I don't want to reference him to a chihuahua because he was a tough guy and he fought everybody in the NHL. But he was a but badass co- chihuahua. <laughs> in co- yeah, in comparison to like Twister, he'd be like yip 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 the whole game and like just giving it to guys and giving it to guys and you know, <clears throat> Twister would just sit there, and not say a word. And you're like looking over, like is he even breathing? You know, <laughs> like I'm not sure. Like is he real or is that a mannequin they just put eighteen on to scare us? Like we're not sure, but Twister would get on the ice, and he'd just go over and just stare at you. And you knew then. You're like, you're fucking dead. I'm dead. <laughs> I, I don't know how I'm getting out of this game. It's either by me jumping over the boards right now and getting out of here or on a stretcher. I'm not sure. And I'll tell you a quick story. Hang on. I got a great quick story that would be kind of typify the whole thing. We're in Chicago. And this is when Doug Gilmore plays for Chicago. Bob Probert, they've got uh, Ryan Vandenbush, Reed Simpson, Mark Jansen's, Like, they've got a, a, an army of tough guys. And uh, Doug Gilmore gets the puck, comes through the middle, and I crush him in the second period. I mean, Dougie Gilmore was 5'9", maybe, 160 pounds, soaking wet. And, I mean, I leveled him. I didn't think he was ever going to get up, let alone finish the game. And he did. And I knew then. I'm like, okay, well, this can going to get interesting. It was in Chicago, too.
2: Huh.
1: And so they have last change, which is never good when you do something stupid like that. And I'm out on the ice, and I look around at one point, and there's nobody on the ice. It's like me and Al McInnes and, like, Scott Pellerin, I think, and Craig Conroy. <laughs> and then – Chicago taps their mutants, and five of them come over the boards. Like Reed Simpson, Ryan Van Bob Probert. Uh, on defense, they had a couple other knuckleheads. Like it was five guys that were out there. And I'm looking over at our bench, and I'm like, "Oh shit! I, I'm I'm out here alone. That's it. I'm dead." So Chicago wins the faceoff. It's in the neutral zone. Their defenseman goes to like dump it in to my corner. Of course, he misses it and shoots and shoots it in the bench, and so the whistle goes. I'm like, oh, thank God! I look <laughs> over at my good buddy Jimmy Roberts, and I'm like, oh, Jimmy, get me the fuck out of here, you know? And no, he leaves me out there. So now I know, like, we need a power play or something because they're really they're sacrificing me again at this point. Well, finally, Coach Q. Goes and caps our own silverback gorilla, Tony Twist. And Twister just calmly stands up, throws his leg over the boards, and stands right next to Probert and stands straight up. I mean, you got to visualize this. He stands straight up and, like, looks over all five guys on the Blackhawks roster that are on the ice. And he goes, Any of you fuckers want to fight? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and nobody
1: says a word. I'm not, I shit you not. It was like crickets. And <laughs> so then he stops. He goes, "Good." Then fucking play hockey. Ooh. And bends over, and they drop the puck, and we go through the shift. And now, of course, my balls went from regular size <laughs> to church bell size. And I'm like, "That's right." So That's I fucking <laughs> thought. That's <what> I thought. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> was, oh my goodness that's... i was
1: like oh my god i don't think that that was may have been the quickest shift i ever had in the nhl <laughs> About seven seconds dumped the puck in hard and off <laughs>
3: that uh, is but a good one that's
1: just that's just an indication of like that's all twister had to do like didn't have to go out there and jaw at somebody that he just had to stand there and say like very few things and you figured it out quickly
2: well um you know that's uh those are the types of things that, you know, our fans love to hear from you. And you bring this to the show each and every week, both your insight and, and, and being a former player. You can take us places we don't normally get to go, and we appreciate it. Your segment, of course, is brought to you by your wonderful company that's doing so much for young hockey players all over, Synergy Hockey. Tell our listeners a little bit about where they can learn more, and uh, we'll let you get out of here. As I know, you got uh, probably about 8 million things going on, and you're probably only one Red Bull in at about this time of day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm about half a red bull in right now uh and the one thing i want to add to this whole thing today is i want to start a vote on our twitter account or something we've got to get rid of the number 64 for sammy Blay. he's got to get rid of number 64 every time i look out there i think yakupov <laughs> and i have to run to the bathroom and vomit so he's got to get rid of the number 64 one way or another we've got to find a way for him to get any i don't even care if they give him another horrible number it just can't be sixty-four.
3: Somebody's already rare in six. Yeah. ooh.
1: <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, listen, trust me. Sammy Blay is no number six, and okay? <laughs> number six is limited. Okay. Oh God. Sammy and you- Blay has way too much height skill for for a number six.
2: And you <laughs> and you've made our one fan very happy by not calling him by his French name. So you you've made that person very happy yeah. by the way by oh, calling all him that about, right? Uh, like, they didn't like black. So, you know.
1: <laughs> one one day of having some fun with a new guy's name and you know, we're kind of
2: Hey, it's a tough crowd. Listen. Out here. You're a former professional. I well, know you're still currently a professional, but you're a, performer, profe- you're a former professional. Athlete. You have to understand criticism. Didn't you take any when you played at all? Come on. There are millions well, and th- millions. Th- no, I didn't. That's why <laughs> I
1: got traded all the time.
2: <laughs> 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 well, hey, Jamie, tell us a little uh, bit about Synergy Hockey, where people can learn from it, and we're going to let you get back to work.
1: Yeah, go by and visit SynergyHockeySkills.com. We're updating the website as we speak every day. There's new content, new pictures, new stuff. Uh, Lessons are available right now, and we're about to open up some dates for holiday camps so the kids, when they have nothing to do over Christmas break or they're itching to play some hockey, have a chance to get out there and work on some skills and have a great time doing it. So SynergyHockeySkills.com, click on it and check it out.
2: Well, good stuff as always my man. Look forward to having you in studio on Thursday. Uh hopefully uh well, I I I'm, I'm not going to say hopefully because my, my 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 I got a sneaky suspicion we're going to have a lot to talk about Thursday after the Blackhawks come to town. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah,
1: that's uh that's hopefully there's a lot to talk about. Those days there if you don't have anything to talk about it means it wasn't very good the night before.
2: <laughs> well, sometimes those are the best discussions, unfortunately for for social media, but uh but we'll figure it out either way and once again, thanks for all you do for the show, and we'll see you on Thursday, my friend. All right, guys.
1: Take care. Thanks a lot.
2: The great, Jamie Rivers. And, you know, um, I'm going to say not really pissed, just more mm. like, you know, hey, is what it is today, which is a little surprising. I think most people assume that you're going to get a piss from Jamie uh, around losses. I think it's more like how they, they lost. and. Um, again, I'm, I was more concerned with Florida. But, again, if you've watched enough hockey over the years, and I'm, and both you guys have watched more than I, I'm sure, there are trap games. And that Florida game was a trap game. I'm sorry. Agreed? Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I mean, you hate to have those, but they happen. You, and that was set up for it.
3: Nobody's going 82-0. and 0. Damn. So. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but, yeah, and we kind of got off on a tangent there with ribs and maybe to we'll talk a little bit about it on – on uh, thursday but you know with the blackhawks coming in that's going to be a, a hot topic on thursday but you know the florida game is what it is laid an egg and nothing seemed to really gel there and then the tampa bay game um i mean our goaltender jake allen just got outperformed by their goaltender that's the that's the truth of the matter i think if you ask jake and, and he's fair and honest, he'll tell you that the two goals that he let in were a little soft. And right. but uh, he
2: but he played well
3: other than the two. But, so, but so he softens. did. <laughs> he did play well. And then I know the you know the blues out outshot, outshot and uh Tampa Bay, but you know, i I'm not so sure that all of those shots were were, you know, contested or, or sure. really difficult shots for uh Veselesky to see.
2: Well, and that to me is the Jake mo a little bit. We've seen that a lot from him, and there's What's that he doesn't have a bigger fan than Kimball. Like Kimball's like, listen, this is your guy, blah blah blah. But you see him play really really well, a, a whole and and just let in a softie. He does
3: that. Well, that's his, I think they all do it. We well, just aren't watching them all all the time. You know, like it's just like anything. You know, if you go out and buy. I don't know a new car. All of a sudden, you start seeing all those same cars on the on the street. Yeah. It's because you see it, you're you're more focused on that car.
2: Well, and same he's our guy, so we see every game, right. but, but that's you know. So again, so I'm asking you, that's just that's what it is,
3: right? It's it is not, what, okay. it, yeah, it is. And he's going to admit he'd like to have those two goals back. I think. Yeah, um, Butter as a coach and the, it, let
2: down games, trap games, they're a real thing. So as a coach, if you're on the but but see as fans right and even as coaches knowing they exist you sit there and you're like you're seeing it happen is there really anything you can do about it like or like even as coaches do you sit you're not going to tell your players we just don't have it tonight we have no legs it's but what do you do i mean is there really anything you can do other than try to get the hell out of there
4: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean for the most part probably not but you you as a coach you've got to go in in between periods and just try to get their heads up get them moving uh, if they're not moving because they're in South Florida and they're, they're just you know wanting to be on a golf course instead of playing hockey, well you got you got to get their heads into the game. So you know like but like Gary said, nobody's going eighty two and zero. So you know take a couple of losses. And Like here. I said, damn. Well,
2: <laughs>
4: you know you're, you're gonna
3: take a couple of losses. Well,
2: and you know, we got a lot of losses.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I get the whole trap game. We had one already this year, you know, but. I don't know maybe maybe we should define what trap means, well, trap to me means you're 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 riding high, yeah, everything's going
2: great. you just played really, really well, right you're going to play against a team that can't draw half their stadium because they're just not very good and they're rebuilding yet again. They have all kinds of problems, and you go in there and I will say this there's nothing worse for a trap game than when the goaltender decides he's going to be. You know, well that happened to us against Kelly Lindbergh, uh, You know, I Ken mean, Dryden, because right. because uh, I listened to that game and then watched it. I, I heard Luongo's name a thousand times, and they were all, "Oh,
3: Luongo!" Well, first of all, let's not deg- let's not let's give Luongo the respect he deserves. That guy's. Mm- like a top 5 goaltender like that No no not, that's my point but you know, you know that's like, the thing and that's what's
2: and great about hockey really you cannot be a very good team but if your goaltender decides I'm going to go ahead
3: and steal a game for you You've said that for years when we were str- when Blues were struggling with goaltenders you and I would you would argue with me for years and you would say your goalie's got to steal a game and I didn't disagree with you but he you know Luongo's gonna steal games like right. that's he's that good and the Tampa Bay goaltender is that wow. good you know I, so, I, and i've told you th- and t- these are nhl teams these are yeah. these are pro teams you know these are i don't care if they're last in the standings or first in the standings they're going to win some games well it goes both ways nobody's going
2: 82 and 0 and nobody's going on exactly. 82 right and then exactly. and then but, and listen I, and this is why you and I used to say we thought the blues were hex because we did trade for a guy that steals games and he was absolutely awful for us and Ryan Miller remember that yeah, <laughs> that guy stole more games for buffalo I mean this guy was like Bonnie and Clyde he stole so much and yet when he got here he couldn't steal
3: shit he couldn't steal anything <laughs> and and he's he's moved on and he's he's played better but I just i i i we have this issue. And by, again, I always preface this with by no means are we the NHL caliber, but there are trends in hockey. And one of those trends is what type of goaltender do you have? Do you have a goaltender who likes a lot of control in front of them, um, likes yeah. guys blocking a lot of shots, likes you know doesn't mind the traffic in front so that guys block shots? Or do you have a goaltender who likes to be peppered? And feels like he plays better if he's seeing 35. Our goaltender currently, Andrew Best. Andrew Best wants as many shots on goal as we – so we allow – So he's in the game. So yeah, so no. we allow shots from the perimeter, and, and he's in better
2: rhythm now. The Blues have the most famous storyline goaltender situation. Remember Curse Joseph? Yeah. Remember the sure. issue with Joseph? Yeah. If he was – he seemed like when the Blues went through that transition and really short up their defense and were giving up 20-something shots a game, he looked awful. Right. When he'd give up 35, 38, he'd stand on his head. So it's a real thing. And, and, again, to your point, no, you're not the NHL, but hockey's hockey at every level. Yeah. And then the trends and how kids play it, it's just to what degree they play it. But the thing, the 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 boy, this is a big word, idiosyncrasies behind the scene, they're all the same. It's just the levels different so
3: Yeah, I agree. And so Andrew will flat tell us that he wants to see a lot of shots and it, otherwise his mind wanders. Well. So maybe that's maybe that's
2: Well, my mind's wandering right now because we're going to the and one that's awesome at being awesome. It's time, fans. It's time. Fan, we had our first Monday show and uh, the the biggest thing I got was great show where is she? Yeah. So I think. Well, let's answer the question. Where is she? Well, I don't mean like where is she because I'm sure she's working, but uh, she is on the line. So let's go to the one that's awesome at being awesome. Our own Angela Sharp. What's happening, girl?
5: Hey, what's going on, guys?
2: Well, um, let me introduce you to one of our new co-hosts, Tommy Brown, better known as Butter. So, and and remember, it, Angela, a person like you that wears about thirty-five hats and is is, is the ultimate independent contractor if you ever need any help with any tax issues <laughs> this is your guy so you know we really appreciate it. this is your guy what
5: why do we call him butter
2: oh well hey that's, there's a great way to start the show wow that, that is a great way to start the show why don't you tell us why they call you butter
4: that's a long story uh so but she asked do we have time if well, well she quick, asked all right just give version. us the short version all right uh it, it's a hand-me-down name from my brother when I was four years old. Uh, my oldest brother, a little heavier guy. So uh, when we were playing hockey, his goalie started calling him Butter because he ate a Butterball turkey. Uh,
3: <laughs> literally. <Yeah. laughs> That's not figuratively. That's Angela, <laughs> did
2: you have any idea where this conversation was going to go when you called in here today? I'm just asking that question now that know. we're – You know
5: what? I, I really had no clue. That's where we were going with
2: it. So – so that that name kind of stuck with him
4: uh after a couple of years i became little butter and he now you're just butter now he's big butter well to all his friends i'm still little butter and to my friends he's big butter okay and I to the
3: hockey it. team he's butter how do you eat a whole butterball turkey he I did
2: don't, <laughs> that's amazing he and, did and, and, All right. So, hey, again, you had no idea. So uh, now that we're uh, somebody get butterball turkey on the line, that sounds like a sponsorship. (laughs) You know, Angela Sharp brought to you by butterball turkey. So that'd be really good stuff. So, hey, what's up with you? You know, I got to tell you, never have we done a show that did so well, but at the same time, got so many complaints. And it was, where is she? Like, we we, we we love the Monday show and everything, but where's Angela? So you're here, thank goodness.
5: Where is she? Sorry. I'm here now. I'm here. I'm back. I'll be back every week, I promise.
2: Well, um, the one of the things I know the fans were really, you know, you being our St. Louis Blues correspondent, and that's your role you fill for the Blues in, in working with fans down at the, 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 the Scott Trade. I guess it's still called Scott Trade. I don't know what it's going to be called eventually. But um, <laughs> your role down there um, and what you do, And, again, we love to hear your thoughts both on the team and the fans and what's going on. But the big news for most Blues fans besides it's another hockey season were the upgrades at Scott Trade Center. So um, I'm sure your involvement in the not only promotion of that but the understanding and and letting people show their excitement about it, what were your first thoughts?
5: Well, yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, you know, I wasn't able to go in there up until, you know, just a few weeks before preseason started myself. So I got to tell you, even I – was shocked by the awesome size of what we're not calling the Jumbotron, what we're calling Ava. So that big video board, we're calling Ava, not Jumbotron. Uh, she doesn't like that. She she talked a little bit during home opener, for those who missed it, and mentioned that you wouldn't call your mom Jumbotron. Her name's Ava. Oh, boy. So the overwhelming size of her and just the light in the whole building, a lot of the lighting is a little bit different. It's very much, I think, brighter in there. Plus, there's that little section on the side where the seats are a little bit wider and farther apart. I think they're they're calling it for like business meetings and stuff like that when you really want to impress someone. There's like a table in between and everything. I just, I mean, I I love the upgrades and you know hopefully more to come.
2: Well, I, I plan on sitting in those seats and plan on doing zero business. I just want you to know that going forward. <laughs> so, but um,
5: that, that's fine. You're allowed to do that, but it's a great way to impress someone.
2: Oh, okay. All right, I got you. So. Um, you know, obviously we got uh, we got through the, the the home opener against Hitch. Fan reaction to Hitch coming back in town.
5: I loved I loved the fact. So I, for those who were not there, there was you know we did a little video tribute to Hitch, and then while it played, you know after it played, they they took a live shot of him on the bench, and I loved the fact that he kept tapping his heart, like he put his hand over his heart and kept tapping his heart like a little. Like, thank you back to the fans and, and back and forth. And I love that. And, and you can't go wrong when you bring Hitch back and then you beat him. I mean, that's really that's really the perfect goal, too. You know, I mean, we, we, of course, wanted to win that game, but it was a nice little tribute during the first period. And then, you know, he responded in kind. So that was nice.
2: Um, you know, you, with what you do, and and you know what, like a day is going to bring for you when you hit Scott Trade when the Blackhawks come to town. So, you know, what are you expecting out of the crowd Wednesday?
5: Ugh, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm hoping for a lot more Blues fans than we've typically gotten over the past. Um, the Hawks games are, are, are always a fun game to go to. It's there are a lot of Hawks fans who apparently make that travel. Um, I've asked before time and time again why that is and a lot of people from Chicago tell me that sometimes it's cheaper for them to come all the way down to St. Louis get a hotel room and get a ticket to the Scott Trade Center as opposed to getting a ticket to the Met House now since it's on a Wednesday I'm hoping for a lot more Blues fans than we normally get like on those weekend games you will get a lot of Blackhawks fans so much so that if I happen to be underneath in the tunnel, when something happens, you'll hear the cheers, and I have to wait to see what the music is played after that, like if that's a goal (laughs) horn cheer or if that's a bad music cheer. So hopefully on a Wednesday there will be a lot more Blues fans um, so they can really drown out those Chicago fans. But, you know, it's always fun when we play the Blackhawks. And, I mean, I'm going to say it, and it's unfortunate, but, you know, the Blackhawks are are doing pretty well this season as well. So it should be a a tough-fought game.
2: You know, one of the things we get from a lot of our fans, uh, Angela, everybody knows you as, you know, our Blues correspondent. The, everybody that goes to the, the, the Scott trade knows who you are. Um, they look forward to seeing you around the rink and, and you know, getting involved. But a lot of fans want to know what your infatuation with Nashville is because, you know, the Predators are quickly becoming a very big rival of ours. Nobody likes them. But yet here you are spending a lot of time in Nashville. Is it just the country girl in you? <laughs>
5: I Yeah, I, I, I've always spent a lot of time in Nashville. When, when Nashville's team was awful, I was spending a lot of time in Nashville. Okay, there no so there you go. There's your excuse, <laughs> right? Okay, all right. Yeah, I have a lot of lot of really good friends who work in the music industry. So, oh,
2: okay. So there it is. So it's Nashville. a music thing. It's a music thing. <laughs> it's well,
5: definitely a music thing. and But I'm not going to lie. I mean, I did go to Game 6 of Stanley Cup playoffs for them because I happened to be down there and a friend of mine had a ticket. So I did go. I mean, you can't you can't pass that up.
2: Well, um, I know uh, uh, a lot of the off ice things that you do for the Blues as far as marketing and promotion. There's got to be a lot going on around town um, with the, with the upgrades and a lot of positive things happening within the community. What you been up to?
5: There's a lot a lot of stuff going on. You know, we've made a couple of television appearances. I made a couple of radio appearances. Sorry, sorry, guys, I'm not cheating on you, but I did make a couple you know radio and podcast podcast appearances. Just to let people know, you know, like, if you haven't been to a game recently, definitely come check it out. And there's not a whole lot of games in October, which is unfortunate for the St. Louis-based Blues fan, because, you know, there's I think there's five home games um, during this stretch in October. So you have four more left, and if you want to come to the game, you definitely should come out Wednesday is the Blackhawks. So if you want to see a really, really good on-ice product, come check out the game on wednesday and plus you get to see the new video board which is the eighth largest in the nhl
2: it's amazing it's that big (laughs) and it's the eighth largest i mean that's and you have a a lot of knowledge there that's really cool
5: well i mean it's it's a pretty doggone big jumbotron so like going and check that out i can't imagine those teams that have the ones that are bigger than that thing who has huge
3: who has the largest
5: um, I used to know the answer to this, Come on! you've asked me now, and I can't remember. Oh, no, I really don't know. I really don't know.
3: All right. Well, that's okay. Know, but Does know. it really matter who's got the biggest? No, I was going to Google it, but I figured it's I know. I'm know. just kidding. <laughs> um,
5: I was going to say something there, but I left it alone.
3: <laughs> oh. oh.
2: Ba-dum-bum. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I tell you what, um, we really appreciate you. Um, you know, I, again, they've only played one game, and I know you've been watching on TV. What, what's your thoughts to this point? Obviously, we started off four and zero, and we were ready for a Stanley Cup, and now we're zero and two, and the sky's falling. Where are you at with this Blues team right now, Angela?
5: Well, you know, I'm more of a positive person.
2: Well, yeah, I, I don't. don't have, has she four ever four said anything six. negative? Has she ever said anything negative? I don't think she has. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't
5: that's know. not true. I'm sure I've said something. I don't
2: them, think so. I don't I think. Mean, in all your time of doing this, I don't know that you've ever said anything negative about your beloved Blues. So, good for you.
5: Well, I mean, I I like to be positive. So, I mean, I like to view it, you know, we won four out of six. Four out of six, is that's not bad, guys. and That's not bad at all. I think Shin's doing really well on that line with Shorts. I think that our third and fourth lines are going to need to score a goal at some point in time. Um, that's going to really help she, she tremendously lead if Rivers. they can start.
2: Yeah, she said the same things Rivers said. Why? She re- she's, why isn't she Maybe we should go with first. her first. I right. think people might be more interested in Wait. her than Rivers anyway. No, just
5: kidding. Wait, did I really say the same things that he yes. said? Yes.
2: I mean, you guys are, I mean. Because I haven't
5: got to hear what he said yet.
2: Well, you will, and you're going to f- hear that you guys are saying the same thing. Maybe you should get a hold of Rivers and tell him you'd like a seat next to him on Fox Sports. What do you think about that? You guys can break it down like nobody's Hi. business.
5: I think, I, I mean, you know, that is the ultimate goal.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> You'd like that seat, I'll wouldn't you? I'll go
5: ahead and make that call.
2: Well, you keep making oh, assessments absolutely. like that, girl, and you might be there. You know what I'm saying?
5: <laughs> I would love that spot. Put me on. <laughs> oh, hey.
2: Well, you know. and that's but I,
5: have the- a lot of, I have a lot of optimism. I think this game on Wednesday um, will be quite telling as well.
2: Yeah, and if they can't get up for the Blackhawks, who can you get it up for at the end of the day? I mean, let's be realistic. Exactly. Oh my God! You leave Enough. that
4: alone too. You're gonna leave come that on. one alone too.
2: <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right. Here we go. But But hey, great stuff from you as always. Um, looking forward to uh, getting with you next Monday uh, at the when the Blackhawks come to town. I you know really want to hear. I, I won't be able to be there, so I really want to get your assessment of the crowd because, like you said, we don't have a lot of home games early. And again, that's in the past. That was kind of by design. They had always pushed for this because typically the St. Louis Cardinals. In the postseason, really hurts their home attendance. I've said before, though, that I've been to Blues games where the Cardinal games on in, in, in the suites, and then I've been to Cardinal games in October where the Blues games on. I love that time of year, but I also understand from a business perspective that it wasn't great for the Blues right. to be competing against an you know, October baseball from the Cardinals. So, while it didn't work out this year, um, you know, I, I do know that you know Kimball and Rivers have discussed that sometimes being on the road early in the season with a lot of young players is a good thing and new players. Uh, but we as fans wish there were more home games to go to. So in the end, it'll all work itself out right. as you play so many at home and so many on the road no matter when you do it. And uh, unfortunately, as we've learned this week, and Butter has reminded us and where nobody's going 82-0. and 0. So I guess we'll just have to deal with a, a winning record That's and hopefully right. a That's good right. place in the playoffs.
5: You're going to have to deal with a little bit of bumps along the, along the road. But I think Wednesday will be very telling. And, and hopefully when I check back in with you Monday, I have – you know, nothing but wonderful, great, wonderful, good things to say, and nobody picks me up and tries to steal me. So well, that, that happened to me once at a Blackhawks
2: game. Well, do share because that's a great story to, to end on. We've, we've, we've had a show of stories, so we've learned. Uh, we, we heard a great uh, Jamie Rivers story when Tony Twist was his line mate and he was the, the chum getting thrown into the water. Um, we found out why they call butter butter, and now we're going to hear about a Blackhawks fan trying
3: to steal you. Like, mug you? Yeah, like, mug you, yeah. or Literally steal you.
5: Well, here, sir, steal me. So <laughs> don't get any ideas, but.
3: Don't get any um, ideas.
5: It was a, <laughs> we were, uh, we, I was up in the suite level and I was walking around third period the Blackhawks <laughs> beat the Blues. It was unfortunate. It was like four or five years ago. And a group of guys came out of a suite all wearing their Hawks sweaters and, like, oh, hey, that's the girl. I guess, meaning the girl from the Jumbotron picked me up, over their shoulder, carried me out. Now, I'm not talking just out, like, in the elevator, down a level, like, nobody stopped them at this point, and out the door, like, at first, I was like, oh, ha-ha, buddy, put me down, and then eventually I started thinking, oh, this is how I die. This is gonna be how they murder me and kill me. (laughs) Eventually, we got outside, they laughed, put me down, and then I just had to walk back inside to get my belongings to go home, but... For, for a slight second, I was a little bit frightened. Well, so hopefully, no one tries to steal
2: me. Well, another story, no different than Rivers. He has said numerous times that he thought that's how he died, surrounded by blackhawk sweaters. So again, it's you guys are uncannily on the same page today. So um, this is good stuff. But hey, um, really appreciate you everything you bring to the show. Uh, it, again, it's it's awesome stuff, and I know our fans appreciate it. Tell our listeners where they can find you on social media.
5: Hey by me just by uh, following my name. My name is Angela Sharp. Angela has two L's. Sharp has an E at the end of it, just because apparently my parents win to make life difficult. So, definitely check me out. Follow me in, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. I'm everywhere.
2: Well, we're glad you're back. I know our listeners are glad you're back. You're awesome at being awesome, and we'll see you next Monday.
5: Hey, thanks. Can't wait to talk to you guys again.
2: Alright, that is Angela Sharp. That's a good story. That is funny. Yeah, her and Ribs were on the same page today. Makes me almost feel like they were talking on the phone before they did their show today. So good stuff from her. You know, uh, again, obviously the role she fills down there at Scott Trade is to get you know get fans involved, get everybody involved in the game, make sure the crowd's working the right way. She knows her hockey. You can't watch that much hockey, and and and. No, and, that was and,
3: pretty good that she yeah. gets
2: hit on the same things that Ribs hit on. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. I, I, again, I she does a great job. I, I wish her nothing but the best down there because uh, I know what her ultimate goal is. So, good stuff from her as always. Um, happy to happy to have her a part of the show. Um, Butter, yes. Thank you to you for being a, uh, a a new sponsor of the show. By the way, tell tell our we've mentioned it a couple times, kind of like joking around a little bit because again, you know, Angela, Jamie, those guys are as independent contractors as they get, but. Uh, one of the things you do, you do my taxes for me, and I'm knocking. Is this wood or is this like particle board? What is this? It counts. It counts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it I've did. never been audited, thank goodness, but but I ha- I do have a lot of tax problems, and you've you fixed them all for me. But at the end of the day, <laughs> Wait my, my, that well, on well, that's my ignorance. You know, uh, hopefully, no IRS agents are listening to the show. Well, I don't care if they are. That's I got Tommy Brown on my side, yeah, I don't absolutely. really care if they're listening. But the truth of the matter is, you you know, you do everything from just basic taxes to tax resolution and planning and things like that. So as a new sponsor of the show and also as a new co-host with your again, we're going to as this year goes, we're going to address a lot of referee issues. Give our listeners just a quick hit on what you do and how they can find you.
4: Right. Well, like you said, I'm a tax professional, but my focus is on uh, helping successful business owners reduce their taxes. Uh, And that's through a a proactive tax planning session where I um, sit down with them, go over their past year's tax returns, and uh, look for ways to save them money. And I do that free. as far as an analysis goes, but then, you know, as we move forward, uh, it's not free anymore.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, nothing's free. And if it's free it really probably isn't worth much. So, yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. So, and then, you know, my other specialty is helping people out of tax debt. So, you know, if they're getting those nasty letters from the IRS and, uh, you know, you don't know where to turn, I'm here in town and, uh, it's, it's easy to get in touch with me.
2: Now I've, I've heard stories and again, I don't think you go into it planning this, but people that owe, I don't know, 50 grand in back taxes, 100 grand in back taxes, and you settle those for, I'm not going to, the term is pennies on the dollar, but. Yeah, that's, a, that's an old term, and that
4: is a uh, term we cannot use anymore because of the.
2: Because uh, it probably encouraged people to try to do it right Right. and there there's some legal issues behind that term now right is it really well see oh yeah once again I'm breaking the law here yeah. all right so but but the bottom line is you can help in those instances people plan for restitution
4: absolutely would that yeah. be would
2: that be better legal term yeah and you know it, it's more of helping them just get the
4: the past behind them let them pay what they can towards that past as long as they move forward and, and get file their taxes on time and pay on time moving forward and we can help you in the back end
2: no sounds great and so last question you mentioned that people can come in and sit down with you what if they want to stand is that okay or
4: uh, well i'm kind of short so i'd <laughs> rather them sit
2: i'm <laughs> no, just having some fun with you but no hey thanks for thanks for being a part of the show and like i said we appreciate your you're wanting to be a part of it from an advertisement standpoint as you know we have to have a few of those to keep the show on the air but at the end of the day um I'm excited about you coming in here on Mondays. As the more people we can have in this room that really know what they're talking about when it comes to hockey, the better. Because I'm really bringing down the the the, the curve. So we're getting Gary closer. Yeah, to Gary door. was brought in. <laughs> Gary was brought in to get the curve going the other way, so that there could be some real knowledgeable talk instead of ignorant talk, which is what I cover. So between the two of you making up for my ignorance, we should be good going forward. So mm-hmm. absolutely, and I, I'm, I'm excited to help. So you're excited to help with the ignorance or to talk no, about hockey no to get rid of the ignorance. okay well well you're never going to get rid of my ignorance butter damn it let's let's stay on let's stay on point I'm the ignorance is the show okay but anyway speaking of the show uh great stuff from Angela so far great stuff from Jamie let's uh let's go over to our good friend Dennis Minner with his life from Minner Arena really excited about this new segment the fan perspective from a guy that's a diehard uh again you've got to check out this this Minner Arena just Type it in on Facebook, Google it, whatever. This shrine to the blues down in his basement is awesome. It's like, you know, I, I remember when we were younger and we'd talk about owning a house. I'm like, man, I got to have something like this. This is the ultimate man cave. And this guy does so much. He's he's got his own photography business where he does some stuff with all the blues players. So he's a big fan. He's uh, he's really engaged in it and he's having a blast with his segment so far. I can tell. He caught a lot of shit because I called him like a kid. But that, but what's wrong with that? You know, know. when when you're enjoying doing what you're doing and you're acting like a kid doing this, I I think it's great. So let's go live to Minner Arena and hear from Dennis Minner right now, and uh, we'll see you uh, on the other side of his segment.
0: Hey, thanks, guys, for having me back. This is Dennis Minner coming at you live from Minner Arena, the ultimate blues hockey fan cave. Uh, If you have no clue what I'm talking about, uh, check it out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look up Minner Arena, M-I-N-N-E-R, arena, and uh, it'll give you an idea of uh, the craziness that is in my house with a uh, replica hockey rink in my basement, pretty much. So, hey, let's talk about something real quick. Um, Here we are, the Blues are 4-2, and someone made a really, really... Uh, interesting question to me tonight on Twitter, and that was uh, Fabry's hair is who asked this. He said, which is the fluke? Is the fluke the 4-0 or is the fluke the 0-2? The reason he said this is because basically uh, the Blues went 4-0 and uh, and like I said man as as a diehard fan this is the one year um that when the season started just a few weeks ago I wasn't super super excited just because of so many injuries so I wasn't really expecting much but then all of a sudden we went 4 and 0 and everybody's going crazy and everyone's excited Well, then all of a sudden we lose two games in a row. And, oh, my gosh, relax, Scooby-Doo. The world is not ending. The Blues are not uh, on some massive, uh, you know, losing streak right now. We've lost a couple games. Um, You know, uh, there's a lot of young guys on this team. There's a lot to figure out right now. And um, I think everyone just needs to take, take a breath, breathe in, breathe out, just kind of relax. Um, I think as fans, we uh, – as a Blues fan in particular, um, man, we take it so personal when the Blues uh, lose more than a game, uh, you know, in a game in a row, and we start just picking everything apart. Um but who cares? You know what? The next game we've got the Blackhawks coming up on Wednesday, and I cannot wait uh, to see how our young guys handle uh, handle the Blackhawks on home ice. Um, so come say hi to me. I'm up in 307 uh, is where my seats are. But I want to go back real quick to last week. Um, uh, once I hung up the phone and got off, and you know, and um, uh, you know, start eating my tacos or whatever. I, I got to listen, and Jim Cromer, uh, and I know you didn't mean offense, Jim, you said that multiple times, that um, said I was I was like a kid. So, so let's address that as the kid fan I am, because I had my wife listen to that, and she was cracking up and nodding her head uh, when she heard Jim say that when they asked me to do this podcast, it was like asking a kid. You know, he, here's the thing. As a blues fan, as a hockey fan, as a sports fan, being an extreme fan takes me back to a time when life was simple. I think it takes all of us back to a time when our heroes were larger than life. Um, It allows me as a fan, and, and I think a lot of you guys will get this and agree, it allows me as a fan, I get to escape. I get to escape into this world of hockey. I get to escape in this world of the St. Louis Blues. And 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 it really does. It makes me feel like a kid. I, I love it. That's why I love having people over to Minor Arena. You know, the coolest thing in the world was when Darren Kimball, Jamie Rivers, uh, and Cam Jansen. We don't have to tell, tell Cam. I thought it was cool when he came over. But when those guys came over and got to see my basement, um, and, and I won't, uh, I won't repeat uh, verbatim what Jamie said about it when he saw it. But I'll never forget. And I was cracking up. But the fact is, all of us as fans, we escape. We really do. And uh, and our biggest thing. Look. We want to see the Blues. We want to see them hoist that Stanley Cup. We want to see that parade down Market Street. And and is this the year? I I, I don't know. Is is next year the year? I don't know. But I I don't want to say I drink the Blues Kool-Aid because I get people that suggest that at times to time because I won't be quite as condescending as what I probably want to be sometimes. But the fact is... I want the team to do well. I hope that the team does well, and it allows me, man, it allows me to be a kid again, and it just allows me to enjoy um, a freedom and an escape. Like I said, when when life was simple, and um, and I seriously, I love doing this. So you guys, check me out. Uh, look me up at Minor Arena on Twitter, on Facebook, and uh, and uh, let me know what you think. And uh, can't wait to uh, get back to you guys next week. And uh, let's go Blues.
2: Great stuff. Uh, again, I, I, I don't have any problem saying somebody's like a kid. I think it's great, and I, I wish him nothing but fun with this the whole season. We plan on doing the show from there, and – Hopefully we'll make it a big deal. I know it was the Thursday edition we did, but I think the goal this time is to do it and have everybody there and do some different things. So obviously both you guys, by being the people in charge of my ignorance, will be able to attend. So that should be good stuff. Looking forward
3: to it. Absolutely.
2: All right. So uh, another gentleman that uh, is happy to be a part of the show and, and provide that, uh, that, that fan perspective while also a little bit more insight is our friend Brad Lee, who brings you guys the St. Louis game time, the great rag as I call it out in front of Scott Trade. Uh, you'll find the vendors out and around the, the, the building there for all home games. You can learn more by checking out St. Louis Game Time too. You can do the year subscription. It can be delivered to your inbox uh, on game day. You can print it out, take it with you. You can read it beforehand so you can have some things to think about. Gary, I know you like to get it actually at the game and have it in the seat and, and give it a read. But, again, it's the type of stuff that real fans want to talk about. It's engaging conversation. It's not your normal articles that you're going to get in the St. Louis Post. Uh, They do a great job. So let's hear from Brad Lee with his St. Louis Game Time Report.
6: Hi, this is Brad with the St. Louis Game Time segment of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm recording this uh, about midday Monday uh, after the Blues have come back from the road trip where they played pretty well in New York and then didn't play pretty well in Florida. So I'm going to talk about that for a few minutes and then maybe uh, some of the things I'd hope to see this coming week, especially Wednesday when the Chicago Blackhawks come to town. So I think the takeaways from Florida there's two things. One, this is still kind of a coming together team. The team chemistry and roles and responsibilities and all of that is still coming together. So when you have situations like in New York when they're playing with a a lead in the third period and they give up the lead because they're not pressing and they're not, you know, moving forward, they're they're playing on their heels a little bit and moving backwards. That, that, that can be a problem but then in in Florida for instance in, with, at the Panthers and Sunrise you know it's a smaller crowd it's it's a lot quieter there's not a lot of energy you have to be disciplined kind of start on your own and not really have to worry about the atmosphere just worry about playing your game and, and the blues looked a little flat and uh, you know Florida has a, a younger kind of emerging team and uh, I think they showed it. And then you go into Tampa on Saturday, and they're celebrating the 25th anniversary of starting the team. Lots of uh, old players and talking about the championship, and, uh, you know, it, it was easy for Tampa to get really amped up on that. And, you know, the Blues didn't come out very strong again, and that's that's troubling. And I think, you know, there's a couple couple other issues. They're still keeping that spot in the second line warm for either Alexander Steen or whoever gets bumped from the top line to Alexander Steen to play with Braden Shen and Jaden Schwartz. Now you bring up Sammy Blay for Saturday, and he gets his first NHL game, and he plays with those two guys. It must felt like Christmas morning opening presents, and you're getting a really cool video game system that you didn't think Santa Claus was going to bring, playing with those two guys. But, but But maybe they shouldn't put a guy making his NHL debut with those two guys because they've been so good. Jaden Schwartz and Brayden Shen have been so complimentary to each other. Their skills, uh skating, setting passing envision, and vision. Um, and Shen's been been a really, a really good contributor shooting the puck and going to the net and creating. And and Schwartz does this thing where he skates into open ice and he makes really strong decisions with the puck. And they've they really complimented each other. And they really haven't needed the linchpin on the right wing. To make that line click, it's whoever kind of sticks in there is kind of a periphery and it doesn't really matter who it is. And they're proving that by putting a guy making his NHL debut on that line. Just think if they had either a Steen or maybe a Tarasenko or who knows what after Steen comes back and they can kind of juggle the lines a little bit. I think those top two lines are going to really solidify pretty quickly as soon as Steen comes back. And reports from practice this morning on Monday is that Steen was skating before everyone uh, and that he he could be getting closer. He's coming back from that broken hand. Thanks, Antoine Roussel, uh, from the preseason. So hopefully he'll be back soon. And and that really will bring, A, a veteran presence, and B, help solidify those top two lines. But as they mentioned on the broadcast on Saturday night, the Blues only have one point, Scotty Upshaw's assist on Vince Dunn's late goal in Florida on Thursday. That's the only point this season that they've they've gotten from a, a third or fourth line player. And that is not acceptable, obviously. So they've they've obviously moved some guys around. You know, Wade Megan has been up and, and down and been playing and not playing. Same with Barbashev, same with Sunkvist. Um you know, i I like that it's it's a competition for playing time, but I really wish that they could kind of solidify that a little bit. And, and somebody kind of find a rhythm and and contribute because the you know it, it you need scoring from from all your forward lines your top three lines and you know chip ins every once once while from your fourth line and at the end of last season there were times when Mike yo would 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 field the the fourth line more often they'd they'd skip they'd they'd come back sooner because they provided some energy and really held the puck in the offensive zone they may not have scored but they at least created pressure and made made the other team skate in their own end and use a lot of a lot of other energy that they maybe not hadn't expected because they had to play a tough fourth line shift in their own end so they're not getting that right now they're not getting hardly anything from the third line right now much less the fourth, so that's 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 something that can come together. And hey, it's you know it's early. They won their first games, first four games, and now they've lost two in a row. Is it the end of the world? No, but gosh, uh, you know you come back and you have Chicago on Wednesday, and you know Chicago. Everyone kind of thought that they might be taking a step back, and and they haven't. Uh, bringing back Brendan Sod uh, has really helped on on offense. And I, I think one of the things that I've been reading about Chicago is that you know Patrick Kane and uh and his line they 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 really haven't been worried about it's the it's the Jonathan Taves line and bringing Sod back to play with Taves has been a big spark for them and they've had some big offensive outbursts and even like on Saturday night when they were down one nothing to to Nashville they came back in one in overtime you know it's it's guys like that that are really chipping in and making Chicago difficult so it's going to be a good test and you know what a team that's been playing in front of some sparse crowds in, in the Islanders and, and especially in Florida, um, having a home crowd, having that, having that excitement, especially a full house for a Blackhawks game early in the season, could be a big help. The other thing I want to talk about real quick before I get out of here is, is uh, the play of Jake Allen. He's shown some flashes, and I think you know, winning some playoff rounds, um, winning a playoff round last year. Uh, and looking pretty good down the stretch, I think solidified the decision to make him the number one goaltender before last season. And I know he's had his ups and downs, and and really the the calling card of a of a solid you know star goalie, not really elite, but a a name goalie that you'd recognize is being consistent. That you come out every night and you kind of play the same game, and you don't really have these roller coaster ups and downs and ebbs and flows that we're still kind of seeing seeing from Jake Allen. Which has really called into question his his focus and concentration levels and his preparedness, you know. And it was it was really easy to see when it was him and Brian Elliott in goal where they would alternate. Their approaches to the game are so different. Brian Elliott is all about preparation before the game, during the game, before the shot, when the shot happens. The number one thing Brian Elliott always makes sure makes sure he does is he's square to the shooter. He's very solid positionally. It it basically, his fundamentals keeps him from not having to worry about being a little less athletic, moving side to side or making those athletic saves. Because he's in such a good position, he's prepared. He doesn't have to scramble around and look for ways to cover areas that that should have been covered because he wasn't good, you know, fundamentally. He is. You have a guy like Jake Allen who makes a lot of highlight reel saves, but how many of those saves come because he's not quite prepared? He's not square to the shooter. He's not in the right position to face that angle of the shot. And he has to scramble a little bit and flop a little bit. And And there have been times where he's been really aggressive moving laterally and he's kind of slid out of the crease a little bit or he's been sliding out of, out of position and, and isn't prepared for the shot. He has that athletic ability to cover for that and make those, like I said, highlight real sa- saves. But, man, if he could just be a little bit more focused, a little bit more prepared, a little bit more fundamentally strong, kind of like when he when he was playing and in, in Martin Berger was the goaltender coach you know, midway through last season after they made the coaching change. We saw more of that in Jake Allen, and we haven't seen it as much early this season. So that's a little bit of a concern. I think Jake Allen... Benefited when when Brian Elliott was here from the competition for playing time, knowing that the coaches would ride the hot hand and that your last performance could affect when your next performance was going to happen. Carter Hutton played well enough in the one game. It's just one game, but in the one game uh, last week that he should have gotten another start by now. He should have gotten the start in Florida or he should have gotten the start in Tampa. He didn't get either. They lost both those. I wouldn't mind seeing the coaching staff leaning on Hutton here early in the season to say, hey, Go out there and earn more, earn more playing time. You get another win, you're going to get another start. And Jake Allen has to sit there and watch a little bit, knowing that he didn't get the start because he didn't get the win. And I just think that's 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 conducive to to pushing Jake Allen. And really, if you want to give him incentive and motivation to improve those fundamentals and improve his focus, put that competition out there and make him earn that playing time. And if he doesn't, he doesn't and uh you know let the chips fall where they may so I really hope to see Carter Hutton again soon I I doubt they're they'll start him against Chicago but maybe in the games after he'll get some more playing time and maybe be able to push Jake Allen for playing time so I guess we'll see what happens uh, come back next week for more of the game time segment here on the podcast I'm Brad uh, Brad Lee you can find us on Twitter at st Lewis game time, on the internet at stlewisgametime.com you can find us the fan run paper sold outside every blues home game on the northeast corner of 14th and clark by the garage driveway and just outside the 14th street doors 24 to 28 pages depending on how much content i have of uh stats analysis opinions jokes uh even a cartoon and a puzzle so you never know so thanks for listening and i'll send it back to you guys good
2: stuff and gary i know like i said we've mentioned on here many times once you've had one it's you almost feel naked now when you go without one
3: yeah it was pretty cool when i got to meet him outside um for the first time and um it was a lot of fun i like to have it in my hand I'm, i just you know we stare at computers in our phones all day so for me and i like the way you call it a rag because that it gives it that old feel and that it, it's got some texture to it and you know, and I like to get it and put it in my hand and, and read it during warm-ups and stuff. And, and I, I, it, it's really good, guys. I mean, it, it's, it's it's insightful. You're not going to agree with everything they say, but it it's provocative. It's conversational. And yeah, it's provocative. It's food for thought. And, you know, if you get one and you're sitting there and you're reading it and somebody glances over at it, you know, kind of share it with them like you would anything on Facebook and say, hey, take a look at this and, and let's spread Spread the word on this uh, w- when we're at the games because these guys do a great job.
2: Well, uh, the, the interesting thing you brought up about it is in this day and age, we're so attached to our iPads, our iPhones, everything we read on a laptop or, yeah. or something like that. This is awesome. I mean, it really is. I mean, you just – it's just great content. And um, While I enjoy the fact that now that I'm a member or, or that I have a subscription, I get it in my inbox, but I prefer to have it in hand, just like yeah. you said, because it just it gives you that old feel. So. Right. Good stuff as always. So um, – you know, uh, really enjoyed doing this Monday show with, with you, Gary, and Butter. I'm, I'm glad you're on here. Um, some of the things I know we covered, and one of the things I wanted to, to, to mention, uh, just to kind of recap, I do find it interesting how we look at this. The Shen trade, obviously, I think we can all agree, just phenomenal, right? I mean, LaTerra's <laughs> not even playing, right? But as you yeah. laugh. But the truth of the matter is, and this is what's interesting about it, we applaud that trade. All the while knowing that, yeah, we did get Shen for LaTerra, but we also gave up a couple of first round picks, right? Right. Okay. So we don't bellyache about that because, well, they're just first round picks. But yet we traded Reeves, a known commodity, the best at what he does, a guy that really, and this is interesting when you say this, changes a game from his position. He does. For a pick. So again, I I, I get it. But again, I think. What do you get? Well, what I get is. I understand why we did it, but let's not applaud one trade where we don't care about the
3: first-round picks we gave away. I'm going to tell
2: you because why we that got is. an immediate because we got an immediate impact. No, that's why.
3: No, no. Yes and no. I'm uh, going to tell you why that is.
2: If Clauston was playing, people now people were being so
3: tired of watching twelve that well, that's, they're willing. That's okay. to, they're willing to say, okay, let the picks go. People were not tired of watching Ryan Reeves. So and so I'm so the pick so has I'm, value, right? But I'm a but I'm a little.
2: The, okay, on that note, though, I'm a little perplexed at the people that We've are like, you had to trade Reeves. To. You had to trade Reeves for that. You had to trade him. Well, th- shouldn't Philadelphia be saying anything? You had to trade Shen for two first-round picks. I mean, you know, it isn't like the guy's a superstar. You had
3: Would not would it be the other way around? That's my point. Well, yeah, but you get where I'm coming from. people. I don't. You don't understand that no, people no, no. were so tired of 12 that if it meant we had to give up picks to get him out of here, then that's what we had to okay. do. Okay, that's right. But are you
2: seeing where I'm going with this I do but see I love but everybody with. loved Reeves and what he did. The, my point is I think people were even a little short-sighted on Reeves. They thought he was a fighter. He's he he is, but that's not what he did really really well for us even though he was the toughest guy in the league. What he did really well for us is he
3: made life miserable for other teams. No, and and see, we don't have anybody ta- now. Hold on. That's what I was talking about with Jamie. Ryan Reeves did not Get enough ice time to make m- life miserable for everyone, without any help or any like um, change in the other in the other players and the other forwards. That's what I was getting at earlier. Ryan Reeves is fine. He's going to go out there every fourth shift sometimes, maybe miss a shift or two. Play you know seven minutes, ten minutes, twelve minutes a game.
0: I was going to
6: say that's he played not, more minutes I know, than the average but that's, fourth
3: liner. That's not a well, that's because I know of the blue system. But just, just saying that Ryan Reeves is the reason why other teams wore down is not exactly accurate. Ryan Reeves' attitude spilling over to the rest of the team is why – ryan reeves was effective now who is going to do that now i don't know but somebody better because you have to play heavy shifts in any hockey game whether it's for us at mckendry or whether it's for the st louis blues in the nhl you have to have heavy shifts you have to be you have to wear other teams down they're professional hockey players they're going to be good and if you don't take something away from them during the game which is one of the best things to take away is is their physicalness take that away you're you're going to have positive results in the long run and so somebody from the blues has to do that but again 12 was ex- 12 is the reason why those picks didn't mean anything because people saw him as useless sorry that's well, it, the truth I, again and i think where I was going with it, the immediate
2: gratification is at the end of the day at issue with Laterra versus Shen, but yet not with Reeves versus Clauston, which is well, fine. I'm okay with it. I, but and there's always this there's gotta be a ba- of Well, too, there's got to be know, a balance, right? Right. right. Um, Butter, over to you for this latest from Jeremy Rutherford. Alexander Steen is on the ice today with the Blues. I would say that would be a big get back, although – not being mean here, but I fully expect him to come back, play well for a couple games, and then get hurt again. Just a thought. Wow.
4: Well, let's, let's don't put that on him. Hopefully. Don't put that
2: even
3: on him, <laughs> Ricky Bobby.
2: I know, but I'm just getting a little wore out with it, to be completely
3: honest. Well, with maybe you. so, but the guy plays a tough game. I, well, All right, go ahead, Butter. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you follow that
2: up? Yeah, the
3: yeah. guy well, plays a tough yeah.
2: game, but he's going to get hurt again. Well, let's don't put it on All him, right. and hopefully he'll he'll
4: just. You know, come back, be yourself, and and keep playing Uh hard. Uh
2: I'm just little. He's
4: going to be an impactful player when he's out there.
2: Well, yeah, because he's going to replace somebody that's not
3: impactful. Look at the body language on this guy. He's all sunk down in his seat. (laughs) you you mentioned 20, and you you lowered yourself about four inches in your chair. Wow, sit up straight, man. Hey, bite me. How about that? All right,
2: we're all in two.
3: Damn it, the last two games. Come on, now. See, that's the difference between him and Angela. Yeah. Well, he says we're 0-2. Angela yeah. says we've won 4-6. I knew it. This is your
2: this is your way to get me out of this seat and Angela in it. Well, <laughs> yeah. That, that
3: would be <laughs> nice. Exactly.
2: Well, hey, listen. Great show. Really really appreciate doing it with you guys. Remember, check us out, bluesnhlpodcast.com. Uh, find us on social media, at STL Blues Podcast on Twitter or at NHL Show. Find us on Facebook by simply typing in Blues NHL Podcast. You find us on Instagram, same thing, Blues NHL Podcast Show. Be a part of our social media experience. Join in on the fun. Let's uh, let's get the word out about the show and just blues uh, hockey in general. Special thanks to my co host uh, Gary Henson and Tommy Brown, both of the McHenry University hockey Bearcat squad. Uh, and again, thanks to Tommy Brown and his wonderful uh, Tommy Brown Tax Planning and Resolution uh, uh, business for joining the show as a as a, as a weekly sponsor again. Give him an opportunity for your business. Same thing uh, you hear from some of our other sponsors. Nelson Landscaping, um, you know, they bring you the St. Louis Youth Report on, on the Thursday edition of Blues NHL Podcast. All these sponsors are doing is asking for an opportunity for your business. We'd like you uh, to give Tommy a call and or ch- at least check him out online and see what he's all about. Um, can't thank LineupMedia.fm for all the great support that they give us all the this behind the scenes stuff that andrew allen does for the show and of course our producer brian crock they are the fastest growing podcast company on the planet uh be a part of it find something you like download it listen to it you want to do it when you want to do it how you want to do it and most importantly where you want to do it so for the blues nhl podcast i'm your office official jim cromer let's go blues